This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. Successful farms and small businesses are often passed from one generation to the next. However, that process can be complicated with multiple family members, competing business interests, and long-term tax and estate impacts. Learn the best way to navigate the challenges to create a good plan for your operation. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. In 2020, I had the chance to use a new corn nitrogen product firsthand on my fields, Pivot Bioproven. Pivot Bioproven adheres to the root of the corn plant, creating a mutually beneficial nitrogen-generating partnership that stays strong all the way through harvest. It's the weather-resistant and sustainable way to achieve more predictable, more productive yields than ever before. After a successful trial run in 2020, I'm once again using Pivot Bioproven in the 2021 growing season. In fact, you can get updates on my trial this year by following Farming the Countryside on Facebook or looking for our updates in Farm Journal Magazine. If you're like me and want to make sure your corn has the nitrogen it needs, whether or not, then check out Pivot Bioproven. It'll change the way you think about nitrogen. You can learn more at pivotbio.com. Succession planning is always a topic of importance in agriculture. It's a regular subject at many conferences. However, that topic is probably receiving extra attention this year as we hear about possible changes in tax and estate laws. Rena Strigel is my guest. She works with many farm businesses as she helps them develop plans that will help keep operations viable and make the best transition from one generation to the next. Rena Strigel is my guest. Rena works in succession planning with lots of farmers and other folks in business and uh, Rena, first of all, I appreciate you being with me. And why don't you just open up by telling folks a little bit about where you work and, and what you do as an overview to our conversation today? Sure. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Um, I, my name is Rena Striggle. I am the owner and president of Transition Point Business Advisors based out of Des Moines, Iowa. And our firm specializes in farm succession planning and our clients are based across the lower 48 states. And we have been doing this work officially since 2014. So a lot of, a lot of great farmers that we've gotten to work with. And we, we work and focus very strongly on creating um, comprehensive succession plans. So that includes not only the transition of management and ownership, but also putting governance in place and helping to develop leaders that are going to be taking over these operations in the future. Rena, I know that you aren't a lawyer, you're not a CPA, but I, folks are hearing a lot about, you know, in, in government and Congress, well, what could happen and could we have an, a, cha- a change in uh, estate taxes and so forth. Can you kind of give us a high level overview right now of perhaps what you're hearing and what's on folks' minds and just things that we should be aware of. We don't know any details for sure yet, but I know that people are certainly keeping an eye out about any changes that could be coming. Absolutely. And, you know, before we get into what's, you know, kind of on the table right now, I do want to just remind everybody that changes are happening all the time. So succession plans, first and foremost, should be flexible to be able to address those things. 
the two things that I think are, are very top of mind right now are the potential tax of basis, which of course for farmers is a big concern because, you know, one of the things that uh, a big thing in succession plan is to move that farmland from one generation to the next with as little tax as possible. So of course that's a big one. And then the second thing that is kind of top of mind right now and could potentially, you know, put a lot of people into a planning situation that weren't in a planning session, uh, situation the last couple of years is the potential lowering of the estate tax. So we don't know for sure where that's going. We know that there's a sunset date and there has been some talk about changing that a bit, but we do know that regardless, it is going to be lowering in the next couple of years. We don't know all those answers, of course, and you did mention that we need to always be aware of changes. With what you do, is it important for me to have a CPA and a lawyer and someone like yourself, maybe working with several people? Or how do you advise people? Some, I'm sure, listening to us have already done a lot of this and, and feel like, okay, I've got a plan in place and some may not at all. But do I need a team or how should I begin to approach this? Sure. Our philosophy is that a farm needs to have a collaborative team of professionals that helps them with the decisions and discussions around succession planning. So as you alluded to, of course, the primary players are always the CPA and the lawyer. Some families do need a business advisor, someone like myself to come to the table, either because there is, you know, maybe some family dynamics that are sort of challenging to work through, or perhaps the family itself is not in alignment about what they want to have happen for the succession plan. So some other players that can come onto the collaborative team, obviously the banker needs to be well informed because typically these farming operations do carry some debt and the banker needs to be in agreement with the plan. And then of course, sometimes we have insurance professionals and other people that support that farming operation to make sure that the plan that is put in place is comprehensive and takes a look. It, it should you know, kind of encompass and all the professionals should be in agreement that we've got a solid legal plan, we've got a very effective tax plan, and of course that the continuity is in place to be able to support it should something unforeseen happen while this, the transitions are in play. So we believe in professionals working together. I personally do not believe that any one professional can come up with a succession plan independent of the other professionals. So we do encourage farm families to work with their team to develop and implement their transition plans. I'm interested in your experiences having done this. From what I see, I mean, myself being a farmer and being around this on our own farm, I think that we as farmers tend to focus very much on the tax side and the money side. And, and obviously, you don't want to have to pay tax if you don't have to. But do you, is your experience that we tend to look at that a lot more than some of the other things that we need to look at in the whole plan? What do you see when you're working with uh, farmers and ag businesses out there? Yeah, taxes are definitely a big concern because, of course, we want to keep as much money as we can in our farms in, you know, and, and benefiting our families. But if you do succession planning with the sole intention of reducing or eliminating taxes, you actually miss a lot of really valuable tools that you could be utilizing if taxes were not the major goal. So what we try to do with farm families is identify what is the true goal of the family 
And almost always the goal isn't, I want to transition this in a tax-effective or tax-zero way. It usually is about, I want to make sure that my operation stays viable. I want to make sure that multiple families can support themselves. I want to make sure that this is going to be here for future generations, whatever that is. And so when we start looking at the real goals, it's, it's easier to be able to put a plan in place that hits those goals and is tax effective rather than just the sole purpose of tax elimination. When tax elimination is the goal, a lot of times the succession plan is very difficult to implement because the tools that we're utilizing don't really support transition. They just support being tax effective. So um, when that's the sole goal, a lot of things can go wrong, and we've seen families get to the table, get quite a ways into that discussion, and someone just get very upset or stressed about the taxes, and then walk away, walk out of the conversation, which then leaves the family with no transition plan. It gets pushed into a death event, which oftentimes when we see families wait for a death event to um, put the transition in play, that usually does not work out very well at all for the farm family or the farm itself. How do you suggest that folks begin to have those conversations and do this? Because I think we want it to all work perfect. And, you know, I have kids and, you know, and I'm a son of a farmer. And so I know my parents wanted to do right for me and my sister. How do we begin to have those conversations so that we can hopefully pass this along and, and folks <laughs> feel good about what it, what is happening? Well, I think that that's a really great point is that these discussions can be very stressful because we have to talk about things we're not, we don't want to talk about, right? We don't want to talk about someone dying. We don't want to talk about, you know, people who have had major impact on a farming operation no longer participating in the same way that they do today. So there's a lot of things about these conversations that make people feel really uncomfortable. And so that oftentimes, you know, even families who communicate well tend to have a hard time being really open, um, really saying what's on their heart and mind because they don't want to hurt people's feelings and they don't want people to feel like they're being pushed to the side. So the, the thing that we have found that has really helped farm families is when we can separate sort of the family dynamics from the, the business itself. And so we, we try to help families understand that in this conversation, this is the business discussion. And in this conversation, we're going to talk about the family stuff so that we can make good, solid planning decisions that will help to keep the operation viable. And then on the family side, we can talk about all the other things, the more emotional pieces of the, of the equation, which is how do we create transition plans for dad and mom that help keep them you know, active in the operation for as long as they want to, helps them feel supported, you know, gives them the financial support that they need, but also allows the incoming generation of operators to really use that, the energy, talent, and drive that they have to take that operation to the next level. So when we try, when we separate those a little bit, it does make it easier for farm families to be able to communicate about them and make decisions together as a group. Perhaps you just work with folks that uh, find themselves in trouble. So maybe you're only seeing those of us that are struggling with this, but do you feel like that a lot of the folks that you're dealing with need to bring somebody in because 
you need sometimes an outsider to help have those conversations because when you have lived with somebody in a sense all your life or been around them, those conversations are too difficult to have. I, I, I on this show, we end up visiting with folks sometimes in those situations and it breaks your heart when you hear about families that perhaps some members don't talk to each other or they're estranged because of these types of things. And it'd be great to head those off. So what's your experience tell you? Well, you know, in the last few years that I've been doing this work, I've only had three families that have brought me in before there was major family disruption. The rest of the families got a hold of me sort of after the fact, when they'd already tried it themselves, gotten into a little bit of a jam or a sticky spot, and they needed some help to work through it. I don't know that there is a right or a wrong answer because I, I think it's great when families try to get as far as they can without help because some families can take it all the way to the finish line. Other families are already starting out with a fair bit of of tension or family disharmony, and they need someone to come in right from the very beginning. So my advice to people is just don't get to the point where you're at that breaking point where people are threatening to leave or walk away or you're threatening to split up the operation. Don't wait that long. You know, if you think that you're going to need help, it's far better to seek that help out and bring those resources in to preserve, you know, your family relationship. Because oftentimes when the family fractures, so does the farm. And, you know, for most families, they want to see that farm stay in the family and stay viable and have families working together for as long as possible. So bringing someone in earlier can often be a really good thing. I suppose you're going to say that really we should be having regular meetings. How do you suggest and when do you begin that? Is there ever a time when it's too early to begin talking with kids or grandkids and nephews and so forth about uh, how we want to transition this? Yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the uh, world of succession planning has been under a lot of transition itself in the last five years. Five years ago, the professionals were trying to educate farms about succession planning, like why did you need it? Five years later, we're now, you know, far into this conversation and families are starting to engage in the discussion much sooner than probably what is actually needed. So we've got families where mom and dad are in their early 40s and their kids are still in high school saying we should start succession planning now so we know how to talk up to our kids about the opportunities available here. So I think that's a really positive trend. There are still numerous, numerous farms, however, that are still on that trailing end where we've got the transitioning owners that are in their 70s and 80s and starting to think about transition planning. So we've got the full spectrum that's out there. I always just say, you know, wherever you are, today is the day to start. <laughs> because when we've got a, a, a time horizon that we can work with, number one, you get to take advantage of all of the tools that are available to use in a succession plan. The second thing is when we've got a long runway, we have more opportunity to develop the generation that's coming behind to make sure that we've got heirs who are prepared to work together, particularly since most of the time we have an off-farm heir and we have an on-farm heir. So we need to teach them how they'll work together around jointly owned assets. And of course, it just takes the stress 
off of the family and off of the operation when we have a long time horizon, because financially we can take that out over a longer period of time. And we've also just got more time for people to adjust. It's not quite so abrupt. It allows people to get mindsets straightened out, build trust, build, you know, all of the skills that are going to be required, particularly since most operations that we see have grown significantly in the last, you know, 20 years. They are much larger than the last time they were transitioned to from one generation to the next. And so we love to see that longer time horizon just because the stress can be reduced so much when we've got time to really work on these things. Of course, every situation is different in families and businesses and so forth. But are there some common characteristics you see of those that seem to do this better than others? Um, you know, I would just say this, you know, the, there's two real pieces of this that help families to move through this maybe better than others. One is the willingness to communicate. So when we can sit down and talk, even when we're frustrated or even when we're not in 100% agreement and work through things, even if it takes a little time to do that. The second thing is, is being on the same page about what the transition should look like. So, you know, if there is some pre-planning that's done and, and then, of course, conversations that continue throughout the transition period to hold that family together and aligned around goals, that really helps. The second, that communication stops or the planning is done in secret, there's going to be issues. And when families have expectations that are not realized, mostly because they're not communicated and they're not agreed to, we're going to get into trouble. So those are the two things that I see are, are very common themes. Um, of course, there's a lot of different things that go on with families. Every family that I've worked with, you know, we've used some of the same tools, but the situations are so different. The personalities are different. Um, the way that families look at the future of farming is very different. So I think that's one of the challenging things about succession planning for the professionals is that when they don't really understand the family, it's very hard to do the plan and to even make or give that family advice when they don't know all the players. So we encourage our families when they're working with their collaborative teams to make sure that they tell their professionals about what's going on, even if the professionals don't ask, because that is a really important component. Of course, we've got a business, but it's the family members that are really uh, create the complexity around these discussions, the transition of the business can be very simple, <laughs> but the family makes it really complex. Right. Yep. I can see that. So you mentioned the tools that you help bring to families, and we already mentioned you're not a lawyer or a CPA, so what are the tools then that you help bring? Because I think a lot of people say, well, you know, I got to put this, some, somehow make sure it goes through the law correctly and make sure I don't pay taxes, but obviously your business is growing and you're bringing some tools to the table. So what types of tools is it that you're helping those families and those businesses deal with? Yeah, I think, you know, when you, the, the piece that I work with inside of this, uh, the complexity of succession planning is I actually work on farm with the family itself. So what I bring to the collaborative team is alignment around goals. We start to create some structure inside the farming operation to support transition. So those can be some things like, getting solid 
you know, meeting structures in place, starting to do business planning if they're not doing that already, making sure that we have agreement about the continuity plan. So, you know, are we prepared if something unforeseen were to happen as we're going through transition? And then, of course, just helping to make sure that the management transition is happening because the ownership transition is usually, you know, pretty easy to document. How we start to transition things like leadership decisions, um, allocation of financial resources, who we hire, how much we pay, how do we treat owners, how do we treat employees? Those are some of the things that are also part of a, of a transition plan, but those things really can't be handled between the CPA and the lawyer. So those are the things that we can work on farm with families to help them to make sure that when we do put something in place from a legal perspective or we determine how to use um, the tax law to um, support the transition, that all the people and all the things that are going on on farm are okay and we don't have a fracturing or a disagreement that happens that makes the legal and the tax plan null and void. Rita, before we run out of time here, other things that folks should have in mind, because, you know, we started with, hey, things are always changing. There's probably going to be changes with tax law and estate law and so forth, but we still need to be thinking about this plan and how we hopefully bring folks together to have these conversations. But what are the things should be on our minds as we think about the topic? Well, I would say that, you know, one of the things that I still continue to run into as I, you know, go around and talk to people is, Everybody knows that succession planning is going on. Their neighbors are doing it. Their friends are doing it. But they may be sitting on their farming operation going, I know we need to do it, but I don't know where we start. I don't know how to even talk to my kids. Or maybe I'm scared to talk to my kids because I don't know what they're going to say to me. <laughs> so I would just really encourage that if you have, you know, if you've been thinking about it and you know you need to get started, then you really should get started in some way. So whether that is, just initiating a call to a trusted professional like your CPA or your attorney, or whether you think that you've got some dynamics that are going to be pretty complicated and you need to talk to someone like me, whatever that is, just take that first step and make that first phone call because once you get started, you can start to work through some of your concerns. But until you get started, those concerns are just going to continue to get bigger and more pervasive. So the longer you wait, the harder this actually is to start, unfortunately. Well, I know it's a complicated business, but I'm sure you do have some times where you sit back and you've seen things happen and you see a farm that's now going to succeed and make it from one generation to the next. And that has to be very rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah, we we just have so many great success stories of farms that are thriving in their succession. And I think that that is one of the really sad things is that unfortunately, you know, the, the profession has sort of motivated people by scaring them. Right? Like, if you don't do this, this bad thing is going to happen to you. And I guess I would really like to encourage the listeners that there is honestly, there's so many great things that are happening out there in the world of transitions that, you know, don't be scared by the scary stories, but be hopeful because farm transitions are happening all the time in really positive ways. And the, the farms and the families are thriving. So although there's a lot of scary stories out there that we use to try to motivate you, there's actually way more positive stories. And, you know, I would just really encourage every single one of you that are listening that each one of you can be one of those positive stories, too. We just got to get out there and take that first step or break through that, that roadblock that you've hit 
to get to the other side so that you can be one of those success stories too. Rena, I appreciate the, the good information and the conversation here. I know it's uh, helped me, but hopefully helpful to a lot of other folks as well. Well, I sure appreciate it. Thank you very much. I certainly agree with Rena that this topic should be an ongoing conversation. Keep visiting with those in your family. Situations can change, but having good and regular communication is important. A succession plan is not something that is truly ever finished. It's always changing, but it doesn't have to be something that is daunting. From my experience, making time to regularly visit about the topic is key, both with your family and those who advise your operation. I appreciate you joining us either on your local radio station or via the podcast. Be sure to connect with myself and Farming the Countryside on Facebook, as well as our daily American Countryside broadcasts, which can be heard on about 100 local radio stations. You can follow American Countryside on Facebook as well. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. Get what you paid for. The nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com.